Hi everyone, I'm Kat. And I'm April. And you're listening to the Getaway Car Podcast. episode we decided to talk about the murder of Anne Marie Fahey and the subsequent trial and execution of Thomas Capano. Thomas Capano was a former Delaware deputy attorney and this case made headlines in the late 1990s and early 2000s. So guys this is just such a crazy story partially because of Thomas Capano's status. Thomas Capano was a former Delaware Deputy Attorney General, and this case made headlines in the late 1990s and early 2000s and has remained a topic of interest for true crime enthusiasts. So you guys, this case is literally insane. I'm so excited for this to be the first case that Kat and I talk about. There's just so many like twists and turns and like it was so hard to research just because... You read one thing, and then in the same article, you're reading something completely yeah, different. Yeah, there's so many controversial topics on this case, I feel like, that we found. Um, yeah, and there's just so just much controversy. Everything is, like, contradicting, and... But we're gonna do our best to tell you guys, you know, the truth of the story. Okay, so let's get into it, Kat. So... The investigation into Anne-Marie Fahey's disappearance was one of the most extensive and high-profile investigations in Delaware history, and I can't wait for you guys to find out why that is. The police worked tirelessly to gather evidence and interview witnesses, and they eventually uncovered a web of lies that implicated the one and only Thomas Capano. Thomas Capano, a prominent Democrat, was one of four brothers. Capano belonged to a prominent family of Delaware real estate developers and building contractors. He became an affluent lawyer, state prosecutor, Wilmington City attorney, legal counsel to Governor Mike Castle, and political consultant well-known in Delaware's political circles. If anybody's not going to do something crazy like this, like, he would be that guy. Like, he's just so well-known. He has this crazy amount of status in Delaware. And he's just, like, the last person that you would think would do something like this. But yet again, if anybody's going to get away with it, you'd think that he would probably have the knowledge to do so. And you guys, the way that he... I I keep saying this, but like the way that he went about things, I'm excited for you guys to hear. Or I don't know if excitement is the right word, but like I can't wait for you guys to hear because it really is just, I mean, so obvious that he's the only suspect. And he really was the only suspect. Yeah, pretty much. Like there wasn't ever anyone else that really came into question. And like Anne Marie had a boyfriend. Like there were other people in her life that very well could have been involved, but no one was ever questioned because it was just that obvious. This guy was just like the guy. Yeah. So another thing that I think is like really interesting about him is 
he really took like a completely different route than the rest of his family like his family was in like real estate development and all this stuff and he just like went and became a lawyer and i guess he was like their golden child like because he did this almost he was just like the one that was this like big shot lawyer working in politics yeah his background is just so interesting to me So, in 1994, Capano was a partner at the Wilmington office of Saul Ewing, LLP, when he became involved with 28-year-old Anne-Marie Fahey. And Anne-Marie was the appointment secretary to the then-Governor Tom Carper. Capano, just to give you some more background on him before we continue, was married at the time that he met Anne-Marie, with four daughters and what's so crazy you guys is he wasn't just having an affair with Anne marie like he had had so many affairs i read what i mean and that's the thing with the controversy subject is that a lot of things we read it was just like we weren't really sure about including it but we read in several articles like he had had 12 plus affairs or like countless affairs dozens of affairs So this wasn't his first rodeo. No, and it's also, like, we did learn that, like, Capano and his wife were in the process of separating after he met Anne-Marie. But, like, if you think about it, how much did this woman go through before they finally cut ties? Which they never really will fully cut ties because they were married and they have kids and, like... But this man was, like... But that's another thing is then we read that in Anne-Marie's journal, they were, or she, like, had said, like, she went to break up with him and this and that, and it was basically because he wasn't doing anything about ending his marriage. Like, he kept saying, yeah, you know, we're over, we're over, we're over, but then as far as action goes, they weren't over. Yeah, so it's, it's just basically like that textbook affair relationship like oh yeah I'm I'm gonna gonna end my wife (laughs) you're like the one I want to be with yeah we're gonna end it they never do never they all lie it's not going to happen I mean he had four daughters with this woman like yeah obviously he was more connected to her than he would ever admit which like he shouldn't have been cheating on his wife in the first place but like he should also have not been leading all these other women on being yeah. like, you're the one, I want to be with you. Clearly, he didn't want to be with anyone. Yeah. He was 100% the only one in the wrong with any of it. Yes. So. Also, <laughs> this guy was not cute. No. Like, I... You guys. <laughs> like, we will post pictures, but... Like, nothing about him was like, oh, hot dang. Like, he's yeah. desirable. Like... No. Like, not saying he he had to be, like, drop-dead gorgeous, but, like, nothing about him, you No, guys. like, he's Literally nothing. He was, like, a string bean. I know. He which was... is so funny, because wait till you hear, out, hear how he dies. Yeah. But, like, literally no, nothing and he had, was like, attractive about no, him. No. And we couldn't even find, like, we tried to find pictures of maybe when he was, like, younger mm-hmm. we couldn't really find anything all the pictures we found were like this like string bean old yeah older well, and guy and not in, like a hot dog yeah don't think like george <laughs> clooney and, no, like, no, no, no. not in no. that way 
So he just, I just want to know how he managed to like have keep that many getting affairs. these girls. Yeah. Like keeping them I, is like a different story. Well, like, like he, he was, was rich. He was like bribing them and like doing all this but stuff. Still, like, sorry, you gotta be rich and at least like a little good looking. You gotta have something other than money going for you. I feel like. <sighs> Maybe know. not. Maybe not in the nineties. Maybe I, this is just us now. We're like, that's sorry. all you have. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like you don't even have anything else. Well, going especially for you. if you're married. Like, like especially. they weren't gonna get anything. That's like what gets me is like, he was married. Like, yeah. it didn't matter what happened. There was mistresses weren't back. going to get anything out of it other than the gifts they were receiving at yeah. the time. Mm-hmm. So yeah. But anyways, we'll post pictures. The guy's not cute. <laughs> not at all. Um, so in September 1995, while still involved with Capano, Fahey began another relationship with Michael Scanlon. So, you guys, it was just a all-around mess. Like, it wasn't a triangle. It was like a trapezoid. <laughs> Honestly, there's just like so many points. Like, yeah. it's literally... Like, what's Just think the... of Hogwarts and the moving <laughs> stairs. Like, that's what yeah. I imagine is these people's relationship is, like... It was a mess. Everybody was in a relationship with somebody, with multiple somebodies. Yeah, there was never just a single someone. I think other than Capano's poor wife, wife Kay, yeah. and her four daughters <laughs> were just the only ones that oh weren't, like... As far as we know, around. maybe she was, and at that point, like, as she should be, this man's yeah. awful. Anne-Marie was definitely an attractive, sought-out woman. She was 30 years old at the time that this story mainly takes place. At the time, she was attempting to end the romantic relationship with Capano, who was still married. Had not ended yeah, his marriage. He was still married. I We did read that they were separated, but they were definitely not divorced like there was nothing finalized they just weren't together at the time but she definitely had a bright future ahead of her um and unfortunately on june 27th of 1996 Anne marie fahey disappeared fahey's family didn't find out of her disappearance until three days later on the 30th of June. We read that it was either a family gathering or she had dinner with like Michael, her and at the time boyfriend and a brother, family member. It was her it brother. Was. Um, so she had had that dinner planned, whether yeah. it was the whole family or, or if it was just her a boyfriend couple, and a couple people. family members. But she had that planned and she didn't show up to the gathering. And so that's what initially raised concern so of course that raised concern for her family and um when they couldn't reach her and went to her apartment as we said uh they found no sign of her that's when they contacted the police which as kat stated was three days after she officially was yeah, missing which is unfortunate because we always hear the first 24 hours in a missing person yeah. investigation is the most crucial and this isn't the only story obviously where that like this is so common you guys it is so common for somebody to go missing and family or friends or whoever not to know about it for days so that's three days of time where no one was looking for her 
nothing was even said about her. And so that's a long time, you guys. It's crazy how many cases throughout the entire world that this is the case. Like, I mean, so many people go missing and nobody even notices until days after because they're just like, they, you know, you make those natural excuses in your head, I feel like. Yeah, where you're, you're like, like oh, oh, they, you know, probably they're went and slept over at their boyfriend's house. So or, like, you know, different things. They decided to go out after work. Like, yeah. even if, like, you live with roommates or you, like, live alone and you mm-hmm. aren't, like, reaching out to your friends. Like, me and April don't talk every day, all day. Like, we check yeah. in with each other, but... If she didn't text me back for a couple of days, my first thought isn't she's oh, she missing. Was mis- it's, yeah, she was taken and killed. Yeah, and that's the thing is that's like that's how I feel like the normal human being would react to something like this. Like your first initial reaction isn't oh my gosh they're missing they've been kidnapped and they've been killed. Like of course that's not your first reaction. Your first reaction is any excuse before that one yeah and then you know and so with that being said um basically just let someone know where you are you don't have to go into details but like if you live with someone like roommates or something if you're comfortable like if you have weird roommates and you guys like Like, don't talk like it's okay like maybe you don't want to let them know where you are but like let someone know like oh i'm going out tonight Mm -hmm. or I'm at my boyfriend's house or my girlfriend's house or I decided to stay at my parents. Just, like, let someone know because... That you're not coming home or let someone know, like, when you get home, if you live alone. And also, like, I feel like this is such a taboo thing in the world we live in, but you guys, like... Apple and Android and whatever other phones exist, like, they have created systems in which we can share our location with other people. And I feel like it's so useful and we don't make use of it. But... And, like, we're not saying you need to... Like, I have friends that I share my location with, like, indefinitely. Mm -hmm. And, like, they know where I am. Like, if anything happens, like, someone knows... You don't always want to share your full location. Like, we get it. But even if you just share, like, your pin. Like, this Mm -hmm. is the bar or club or event that I'm at tonight, and here's where it's taking place. So, at least someone knows the last place that you were in case something does happen. Kat and I were talking, like, you know, when you're leaving the grocery store... Especially as a woman, I I mean, for men too, though, like when you're leaving the grocery store and you're walking to your car at night or, you know, leaving wherever, the movie theater with friends or whatever, and you're walking to your car alone, call somebody, like be on the phone while you're walking to your car. Yeah. So that if something happens, somebody knows, you know, that it's not like, oh, well, yeah. You left the movie, your friends all think that you're headed home, and you just never go home. Yeah, it's just, like, little things like that. Just, like, be aware. Mm-hmm. And we've all done it. We've all sat in our car. We haven't locked our doors. Yeah. Like, No, and... you guys, I get in my car, and the first thing I do is lock my oh, doors. Oh, yeah, no, like, I'm the most paranoid person. paranoid. <laughs> I'm, like, checking I'm my backseat. I'm always looking over my shoulder, like... 
that's just what happens, especially when you become so, I feel like, um... I think engaged we're just, with crime podcasts and stuff. Yeah, we're just so engaged. We're like, yeah, let me I jump into like my I'm car always, because someone's gonna like stab my ankle. Like, I'm always like so aware of my surroundings, but I'm very grateful that I'm that way too because if something ever did happen, which I pray nothing ever does, but like I feel like I would be a little prepared, like more prepared. Yeah, or like yeah. I saw this like. TikTok or like Instagram reel of this girl talking about living alone as a woman and she was like the last thing I do when I get home is turn on my lights yeah because if someone's following me and it's nighttime and I go into an apartment building they're going to know where I live because the lights just turned on immediately after I walk into the building oh that's so freaky and I was like I have never thought of that the first thing I do when I get home is turn on every single light because I'm like what if there's someone in my house (laughs) I never even thought about and now I'm like never turning on the lights ever again yeah But, like, see, it's things like this that help us become educated, and I feel like that's, like, our biggest goal with this podcast is just to educate people, to educate ourselves, too. Yeah. Because I think that, like, self-defense is so, so important, but not not just physically like emotionally mentally being prepared just like these little for things. whatever comes your way you know yeah I just think and so this is so good because even I'm learning during yeah. this like or I would never have even thought did about did you that. ever I don't know if, I don't think it was just a Utah thing but I know you didn't grow up here did you ever do like rad kids like in elementary school was that a thing for you I feel like we did. Remind me what it is. So like, basically, you have to like, remember elementary school is like twenty years ago for me, Kat. But in oh elementary gosh. school, like I think we did it in second grade and then in sixth grade. Um, basically, like this police officer and like some Kat volunteer over here remembering every detail of her childhood. You guys, <laughs> you know what? Anyways. It's okay. This Anyways, this will sorry. be helpful. <laughs> Yes. So it was like these volunteers and like these police officers would come into your class. Uh-huh. Not thinking about it, it sounds kind of terrifying. You're like second grade and like police officers are coming into your classroom. <laughs> but you would learn these like little self defense things mm-hmm. as a kid in case like a pedophile were to like kidnap you. I feel like I actually remember something so like this. So I just remember like basically they would have you like scream. Like, you're not my mom or you're not my dad at this, like, person. Because then, like, Wait, someone's gonna... I feel gonna... like I remember that. Yeah, you'd be like, stop, you're not my mom. You're not my... Or you're, like, not my dad. So then you, like, draw attention to the yeah. situation. And then they're like, if they grab you, they taught you, like, these little self-defense things. <laughs> like, I still remember to this day, they called them, like, peppers. And you would basically, like, make, like, little, like... I don't even know what to call this, but, like, you would, like, take your hands and you'd mm-hmm. put all your fingers next to each other in, like, a little cone or something. And stab their eyes. Yeah, and you would just hit them in the eye. Yeah. And you would just be, like, Imagine screaming. Imagine how painful that would be with yeah, your nails. Yeah, you're, like, a little... Like, <laughs> holy crap, that would hurt so bad. And you would basically be screaming, you're not my mom or you're not my dad, Well, you're, like, stabbing this person in the yeah. eye as this little second grader. Yeah. And then... Yeah, they just taught you all these little self-defense things in case you were to get kidnapped. And I took this... I remember taking this so seriously. Like, I would go home and practice. I'd be like, Mom, you have to pretend that you're kidnapping me so that I'm prepared. (laughs) I love you, Kat. 
No, but, like, that's amazing that you remember that, you know, because, (laughs) I mean, honestly, like, if you were in a situation where someone was trying to take you, I feel like you would actually probably use those skills. Yeah, no. No, this is, like, a core memory for me. (laughs) And here's another thing, um, I don't know if you guys... What am I saying? Here's another thing is something that I've talked about with, like, different family members, my husband and stuff, is um, having, like, a code word that you can text somebody. I feel like that's, like, so, so important nowadays because um, sometimes, you know, you can be put into a situation where you're a little too nervous to, like, text it or call somebody and tell them. And so, like, having a code word you know, to where somebody will know that you're in danger or somebody will know that, like, things are not okay on your end, you know? Yeah. Um, to continue our story after this, like, long little rant that we went on about being safe. Which um, was so, so important. But just with that being said, um, the investigation starts to take off after Thomas Capano claimed that he had dropped off Anne-Marie Fahey on the evening of June 27th, 1996, after they had dinner together. And this is when the authorities launched an investigation and several people were questioned. Um, Okay, so as the investigation continued, the police focused their attention on Capano. So as we stated earlier, you know, people were questioned, but there was no... Nobody other than Capano that was drilled, essentially. Uh, It turned out, though, that he had been having an affair with Fahey for several years. And they had broken up only a few weeks before Fahey's disappearance. I feel like that's just, like, how it always goes. It's always around the breakup. Like, they just get irate and mad. Like, how dare you break up with me? I'm a married man with four girls. Like, why would you break up with me? Yeah, like, it's this, like, God complex almost. And not every, like, obviously, it's not, everyone's like, it's not all men. And we, like, get that. No, of course not. it's, like, every time you hear a story like this, it's, like, oh, it was the husband. Mm-hmm. It was the boyfriend. And let's say, like, eight times out of ten, it was the husband. Yeah. It was the boyfriend. Yeah. So they just, yeah, they just get mad. They're like, what do you mean you're breaking up with me, like April said? Like, they just think that they're, like, a godsend to these women. And they're just, like, these mediocre, like, ugly yeah. guys that have, like, a little bit of money. I can't <laughs> wait for you guys to see the picture of Like, him. Like, he's just not, not He cute. is not it. With that being said, they, like April said, they had broken up only a few weeks before she disappeared. Capano had apparently stuffed the 5'10 body of his younger secret girlfriend, Anne-Marie Fahey, into an igloo ice chest. Um, After he shot her to death, which we also have pictures of what this ice chest would look like if you don't know it's like like the big like fishing ice chest yeah like these big fishing coolers it's like white and it has like the handles on the side Mm -hmm. and we'll we'll post pictures so you'll be able to see it visually but 
it's the big fishing ice chest. And he put her in this after he shot her to death. And mind you, she is 5'10". She is not... She is a tall woman. Yeah. She's like, not... Av- she's above average. Yeah. So, it would not be... I don't imagine it would be easy to put anyone in an no. ice chest. And he said, like, he didn't shove her in there. Yeah, like, he... But, you guys, he definitely shoved he her He had there. to, he like... had to have. Um, we even debated, like trying to like get into one ourselves yeah just to see just like, to see how hard it would be to like, like we're several inches shorter than Fahey yeah, was I'm but like five inches shorter than her and I think yeah. so are you maybe like yeah. four or five we're about the same height and I can imagine that it probably wouldn't be easy for me to fit into one no. let alone Anne-Marie Fahey but he shot her to death at a rental property um, with a gun bought by Deborah A. McIntyre. We haven't brought her up yet, but she was another one of these mistresses, and she's just one of the few that we could actually find a name, because she was linked to the case. But apparently had been in, like, a long-term relationship with this woman as well as Fahey. Like we said, it's just a big, huge mess of who's with who and who's not. Yeah. She was probably just, like, his booty call mistress, I feel like. Just, like, the girl he strung, strung along for years and years and years. Yeah, you and know I, what I mean? I'm sure that she was, like, madly in love with him. Yeah. And that's why she probably bought this gun. Like, she just wanted this guy oh, to, like, so care about manipu- her. Manipulated so and by he him. just, like, gaslit her and all of these things. And she, she bought him this gun. He asked for it and she bought it for him. I'm sorry, but, like, if I were her, I'd be like, go get yourself a damn gun. Like, yeah, <laughs> excuse I me. also feel like, I want to say I would also do that, but I just don't, I'm not judging her but in then any also, way. Like, yeah, I don't know also, how she was like, being she treated. Was so I don't know what she was Manipulated by him, I'm sure. And I'm yeah. sure we've all, like, have felt in, like, some sort of way, like, we're in... Like, not necessarily, like, a romantic relationship, but I'm sure we've all had a relationship where you're just, like, trying so hard to please this person. Oh, definitely. That you would just do anything because you're, like, maybe this will fix whatever issues we're having. It's just sad because he created this stigma with all of these women. It's unfortunate because none of them ever knew how to say no to him. And it's just, like... It's sad that there weren't more women that were saying no to him because had they said no, like, maybe this would have never happened. Yeah. You know what I mean? Maybe he would have, like, learned some type of... I feel like he would have always just been... This, like... The asshole that he is. this, like, shitty guy, But, but... But, like, maybe he would have learned his lesson to the extent that, like, he can't just use and abuse all these women over and over again. Yeah, it's just really unfortunate because, yeah, we are telling the story of Anne-Marie Fahey because she did have a tragic ending. But there were more victims than just her. But he, like, emotionally probably abused so many women into, like, belittling themselves Mm -hmm. to fit this narrative that he wanted. Yeah. And that's just so unfortunate. But, so he... Shot her with this gun bought by Deborah A. McIntyre. And Capano, being the asshole he is, would later blame 
McIntyre for Faye's death because it was her gun. Yeah, he was like, she bought it. Yeah, like it's under her name. Like, are you dumb? Like, <laughs> he's just literally like, I know that I did it, and like I killed her, and I like destroyed the evidence. But like, she bought the gun, so like, isn't she the one that's at fault here? Yeah. Like, just I hate this guy. <laughs> Me too. Um. Okay, so the authorities found out that Capiano had borrowed his brother's boat on the night Fahey went missing. Capiano and his younger brother, Gary, right? Or is yeah. it Jerry? I don't know. We're going with Gary. We don't like Gary either. So, Gary sucks. Yeah. Just letting you know Gary's now. an accomplice. Yeah. he And he was never arrested. Yeah, so, he, I'm angry about he it. He claims that he didn't have anything involved, but, like, he was there. He... This it just makes like honestly talking about Gary almost infuriates me well, more than talking about Capano. He withheld information for a very long time. Yeah, this guy and he knew about it. Like that yeah. what is that called again? An accessory. Yeah. He was yeah, an accessory. He was an accessory. Anyways, yeah, we don't like Gary. But he proceeded to go out to see with his brother Gary the following day. Um, so despite an extensive search effort at the time of her disappearance in 1996 and in the years that followed, her remains were never located. Uh, so it wasn't until Thomas Capano was arrested and convicted for her murder in 1999, three years after she went missing, that the details of her death and disposal of her body were finally revealed. Yeah. And this was according to Capano's own confession. So he did eventually confess. Yes. He so did this eventually is, cooperate, essentially. So this is what he said. He stated that he murdered her at the house that he rented with the assistance of his brother Gary. So Gary wasn't there when Anne died, but he was there when they were getting rid of the body. Yeah. Ugh. So still an accessory. He knew about it and he didn't tell anyone. Um, but then later on, Gary Capano said he took his older brother out onto his boat, the Summer Wind. They took it off the coast of New Jersey to dispose of the body. The summer wind motored east about 60 to 75 miles, Gary testified, where he then gave his brother an anchor and chain, and he said he turned his back on the scene unfolding on the deck. But, like, why on earth are you going out to sea with your brother with some random cooler with who knows what's in it, because apparently he didn't know, and dumping it off and giving your brother an anchor and chain to make sure that it sinks. Also, like, obviously it's something that your brother never wants the world to witness or see ever, ever, ever. Yeah. And you knew about it. Also, Sorry, like, why would knew. you be like, oh, I just turned my back? Like, that means you knew that there was something illegal to going on. To turn your on back on. Because, so you obviously knew when you got on the boat that you weren't going fishing. Yeah. Like... <laughs> Like, you just were like, okay, here's your stuff, and you, like, turn around, and it, I'm like, you knew. You knew that there was a body in there. Well, and, like, we we all know that he helped his brother carry that stinking cooler from the car to the boat. And like, it had to you're be telling me so heavy. That, that this heavy-ass cooler didn't, like, raise a red flag to you? Like, hey, bro, what's in this thing? Also, 
I imagine, like, we didn't really get, like, good pictures of Gary, but based on Capano, they must have been struggling. Like, <laughs> this guy was not built. Like, I imagine them carrying it the way that me and April would be carrying this cooler. Worse. Like, like probably worse. No, I imagine them, like, dropping it a few times or, like, oh, having to drag it because it. they, like, could oh, not for lift sure. it. And, like, I would have so many questions. I'd be like, why? Is this so heavy? Like, my dad has, like, a Yeti cooler, and those things are just heavy. On their own. On their own. Yeah. And, like, he would literally make me and my brother help him carry this out onto the lake when we would go over the summer. And the entire time, me and my brother are, like, struggling. And it just, like, there's literally ice in there. Like, there's nothing in there yet. And we're, like, dying. Even the little Yetis are, like, so heavy when there's stuff in them. Like, so heavy. Yeah, they're so heavy. And they're just, like, basic coolers. Like, Mm -hmm. so I can only imagine this, like, fishing cooler with With a body inside of it. dead body inside of it, yeah. Um, yeah, so I just, that's how I imagine it, is them, like, dropping it a few times and... Yeah, no, this was not easy to get on that boat. And this is another thing. When you get on a boat, if you've ever been, like, boating or fishing or whatever, like, the boat is not a stable platform. Like, it's no. wobbly when you're getting on. So, it's just, like, and it was a struggle. Like, if you've ever yeah, been on a dock, them. like, mm-hmm. it's not like no, there's this little ramp that just, like, goes onto the boat. Yeah, like, you have to... It's wobbly. Like, yeah, and bit, you know? there's no, like, door. Like, yeah. you literally have to lift things over the side mm-hmm. and, like jump into this boat yeah so yeah we just know it was it was terrible but with that being said that it had to have been a struggle it didn't raise any like anybody's eye because it was still a fishing cooler so for anybody that was in the area when they you know went off to sea or whatever that may have seen them carrying this gigantic igloo cooler like, it still was a fishing cooler. And yeah. so people weren't like, oh my gosh, there's probably a dead body in there. Like, yeah. nobody was thinking. Or we also don't know, like, like maybe yeah, it was more secluded. Mm-hmm. Like, we really don't have any of this information. It was never stated anywhere that we could find. That's but true. maybe there were people watching them. Maybe there weren't. Maybe it was dark out when they loaded the cooler. Like, there's lots of things that could factor into no one raising an eye. But, like April said, it was just, they used a fisherman's cooler to avoid suspicion. Yes. That's probably, like, the only thing that this guy kind of did right. Um, Because he's an idiot, and you would think this lawyer would know better, but obviously not. <laughs> Honestly, the the thing that he did the most wrong, like, as far as... The perspective of, like... Yeah, obviously, like, killing someone yeah, is wrong, but, like, all of these uh, yeah. little things. But but the thing is, is, like, his story is what gave it away. Like, you guys, there was no body, there was no murder weapon. Like, and we'll state... We'll tell you guys about that later more so, but, but the thing is, is... I mean, it was his story that gave away that he was the guilty one. Yeah, he could not keep his story straight. No. And, I mean... It was just the fact that he was like, oh, yeah, she was, you know, we hung out that night. And then I read in some articles, too, that her car was actually at his house, like, on his property. And they found it there. And so it's just, and we don't know necessarily the truth behind that or not. But 
But it's just, like, his story just wasn't straight. And yeah, and so, it's, like, with that being said, like, why would her car be at his house if he yeah. dropped her off after dinner? Like, why wouldn't she just drive herself home? Or, like, yeah. if they were still in a relationship at this point, why wouldn't she just stay there? Like, there's just so many things that, like, like we said, this story zigzags and there's lots of contradictory information. But... I feel like most of that comes just from Capano not knowing what he had already said and to who he had said it to. Yeah. So after going out to sea, Gary said he turned his back on the scene unfolding on the deck, which we have already talked about. But when the cooler wouldn't sink, after Capano fired bullets into it. So this man just threw this cooler on the side, which again, how, if they, like, he couldn't have done that by himself, because if he needed Gary to get it on the boat, there's no way he could have thrown it out in the water by himself. No, and this is the thing that kills me, is like, bro, you really actually thought that cooler was gonna sink immediately? Have you ever? (laughs) I just, it's actually comical to me. It's so funny. To think, like, I just, I get, like, I imagined them struggling to get it onto the boat, I imagine him, he's just literally stupid. He's like, let me just throw it, it'll sink. It was heavy. No, it's literally hollow, and even with a body inside of it, it's a cooler. It's going to flow. And then he's just like, oh, it won't sink? I'm gonna shoot it. (laughs) Like, that was your first thought plan, was like, I'm gonna shoot it and then it will sink? Yeah, clearly he did not think at all. Well, and this is another thing, is like, I get they were probably like, in the middle of the ocean, or sort of, close, but, like, gunshots, like, aren't you a little worried that maybe somebody might hear that? I don't know. I mean, yeah. I guess they were super far out, but even still, like, also, like, he just was so he, stupid. He had, like, no plan, clearly. None. Like, he was improving this whole thing, <laughs> and then, so, he... The cooler, I imagine it just, like, floating in the water. Oh, yeah. And then he shoots it. That doesn't work. So, he had to somehow fish the cooler back out to then dump her body. And you're telling me he didn't do this with Gary's help. I'm surprised that... I wouldn't even be surprised if it was all of his brothers. There's, like, five of them on this boat. (laughs) Yeah, probably. And so... They take, like, I, I'm i assuming they had to take the cooler out of the water to then dump her body. But apparently he dumped the body into the Atlantic Ocean and then Gary told the court that Capano, like, Tom Capano proceeded to vomit. Then he put the body in the ocean. Of course he vomited. Like... I mean, first off, who knows how long it had been in there. We really yeah. don't know. Also, And like, so, probably super, like, smelly, decomposing, like... Well, and if... This is gonna, like, make me sound like a psychopath. I have to be psycho to but, do crime podcasts. Yeah, but I went to this exhibit in Vegas. It's mm-hmm. called the Bodies Exhibit. Uh-huh. And they have, like, real bodies in there like it's really cold and it kind of smells like formaldehyde and even that doesn't smell great and that's what's preserving the body so I can only imagine how 
it would smell an actual dead body smells. an actual dead body after she's been like in this cooler like it just yeah well i mean even a live body like we we can produce like so many like foul smells like i always think about um like naked and afraid or like those shows where you go <laughs> yeah, out or like and you survivor don't have deodorant and you're literally like your armpit hair like all the hair on your body is just like full length and like you haven't showered in weeks like what you said like survivor or like these mm-hmm. shows but you don't smell great no so i imagine a dead body that's been stuffed in this like small space yeah doesn't smell any better well and like the cooler's closed so it's just like rotting inside of that space yeah and like know? we said we don't it's not have like any... it has like air to breathe like... yeah we don't have any confirmation like we said of how long it was she in was there. in the cooler yeah. but like we don't know from the time that he killed her how much time he had from that to like put her in this when cooler to then to take her out yeah. onto the boat but i honestly him vomiting is the least surprising thing of this whole <laughs> case <laughs> Okay, so when the cooler wouldn't sink after firing a bullet into it, Thomas Capano then dumped Fahey's body into the Atlantic Ocean. Gary told the court that Tom Capano vomited, then put the body into the ocean. According to testimony, he turned around in time to see a human foot sink into the deep waters. So back on Gary, because he just infuriates me i just can't believe they even like uh, this is what infuriates me is that they believed him that they thought that he was being honest about that like you're telling me that a five foot ten woman weighs at least 120 pounds i'm guessing if she not has more. to weigh more at because, least like, she wasn't like like it's we have pictures of her like she's She's a skinny, like, fit woman. Yeah. But, like, skinny and fit for 5'10". Is, like, 140 pounds. Yeah, 150 pounds. Yeah. Like, because, like, weight distributes differently mm-hmm. based on, like, height. height. Yeah. So, like, she's not... So, you're telling like, this me, like... little, like, itty-bitty thing. Ronnie man can do all this work and the weight of the cooler probably... On at a boat. At least 10, 15 pounds. In addition, you're telling me that this skinny man can lift all of that and do all of that by himself. Like, if he's doing that by himself, he would have fallen in the ocean along with the freaking cooler, okay? (laughs) He would have went with it. Honestly, maybe they just left that part out. Maybe he did fall in there like, (laughs) okay, you know what? This is already embarrassing enough. We can't let them know that you fell in. So, but... My thing is, I'm like, so he saw him vomit and then dumped the body, but also he only turned around in time to see a foot. Yeah. Um, but with that said, they just put the cooler back in the water or the cooler stayed in the water. We don't really know, like, the logistics of how they got her out of, out the, cooler of the cooler. Yeah, if in... they took the cooler out of the water. Or if they dumped or her. Or if they just and opened then, it and somehow dumped her. Like, we just know that the cooler ended up in the water. Yeah. With or without her body in it. And they just let it float away. Like, it already didn't sink the first time and he just was like, okay, hey, bye. 
So they just let the cooler float away and it was later found by fishermen and they turned it over to the authorities as they should. If I saw this random cooler with a couple bullet holes in it, I'd be like, um, why is this here? Yeah. Also, if I just saw a cooler floating in the ocean, period, I'd be like, why is this here? Yeah. But, um, so they turned it over to the authorities and then, as stated before, the boat used belonged and was owned by Gary Capano, which, again, is Tom Capano's brother. Later, when the boat was sold, its two anchors were missing, indicating to authorities that they were likely used to weigh down Fahey's body in order for it to sink. So, kind of back to, okay, they dumped the body out of the cooler, and then somehow... They had to attach an anchor and chain to her to get her body to sink. Yeah. A lot of work for one man. You can't tell me Gary didn't help him out. Yeah. So, later on, um, November 8th of 1997, which is a little over a year after she disappeared, Gary Capano was interviewed by detectives and told them that Tom had asked for the bow and admitted to Gary that he had murdered someone who was attempting to extort him. Um, on this note, like, like we said, Gary still sucks and, like, he was an accessory and an accomplice in this, but at the same time, Tom Capano was a very manipulative man. Yeah, and it showed in every relationship that he had, like, with his wife, with all of his mistresses, like, And now with his brother, I mean... Yeah, like, we... And, like... It's a very valid point. I also kind of get where Gary is coming from. Like, if you have siblings... Like, if my little brother came and asked me for help, like, I would probably help him. I'm not saying I would help him dispose of a body, but I also don't know what extent... I would go, I would to, go to, for to help that I love. Yeah, to help yeah. my sibling. So Gary still sucks and he definitely knows more than he is letting on. Well, and how but, scary it would be to once again playing devil's advocate, but how scary it would be to be the one to expose your brother. Yeah, like to, your own blood, like the person that you love that you grew up with, that like all those things to be the one that says, "Hey, my brother committed Yeah, a like, murder. me and my brother, like, we are, like, ride or die. Yeah. Like, we, I don't think, like, we are seven years apart and he's, like, 15 now, but I don't think we've ever, like, snitched. No. On each other. <laughs> like, if I would have a hard time doing that, I can only imagine, like, with something so serious that I'd have to, like, turn him over to the authorities to go to jail, like. Yeah. So, Gary still sucks, but... Again, devil's advocate, I kind of see where he's coming from and not wanting to rat out his brother. But back onto the story. Thomas had asked for the bow and admitted to Gary that he had murdered someone who was attempting to extort him. And that is when they went to Stone Harbor, New Jersey, with a large cooler that contained Fahey's body. Again, just to reiterate, this was a cooler frequently used by fishermen's, so it wasn't considered suspicious. In 1998, Capana was arrested and charged with the murder of Anne-Marie Fahey. 
He denied any involvement in her disappearance and maintained his innocence throughout the trial. However, the evidence presented by the prosecution was overwhelming, and the jury found him guilty in 1999, three years after her disappearance. This marked the first time in Delaware state history in which a person was convicted of murder without a body or a murder weapon. Which we did previously touch on that earlier in the episode, but it's so crazy because you hear all the time, no body, no crime. Yeah. Like, if you can't find all the evidence, like, how are you supposed to convict convict someone of murder if you can't find the body? And not only was there no body, there was no... Like, they couldn't find the gun. Like, Like, they couldn't find... Basically any, like... And we don't know what was done with it. Yeah, we, we didn't, didn't read find... I'm sure about... it probably was thrown in the ocean. Yeah. But it's just so crazy that there was just enough to link this guy to her and the murder of her that they were like, she obviously was killed. They got the confession from him later on. But she was killed, and they just were like, yep, it was this guy. Regardless of her body being found or the murder weapon, they just knew it was him. So, which also makes me so sad for the family, and we've talked about this, Kat, but I I can't even imagine not having that closure. Like, of course you wouldn't want to see that, but just to, like... No. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like it would just mess with my head so much not being able to have, like, that physical closure. Well, and regardless of the confession and, like, all the details, which would be hard enough with or without a body to hear, but to, like, hear all of this and still not being able to see her body or, like, have the full, like, service if you wanted to have, like, a funeral or anything like that is just crazy. But I personally, like, if I didn't see, like, the body or, like, be like being able to know that it's there and that she is gone, that would mess with me. Like, I would be like, well, how do you know? Like, maybe she's still out there. Like, maybe yeah. we can find her. Like, no. I... Especially as a family member, I would forever be in denial. Like, that would mess with my head so much. Yeah, and, like, you hear all the time of, like, people that go missing and then, like, they have these, like, false sightings. They're, like... Mm-hmm. And I'm sure that, like, that would mess with your head as a family member, too. Like, you would see her. Mm-hmm. Like, I... Before we recorded, I told April the other day I was at work. And I, like, glanced over. And since we had been looking at so much of, like, the pictures and, like, talking about the case, the I case, looked yeah. over it and I was, like... I saw a guy that looked... He resembled Thomas Campano. He didn't look exactly like him. And she shit her pants. But I was like, oh my god. But, like, I can only imagine if with that, like, we don't know any of these people personally, if I saw this man in, like, a random guy, I imagine that her family saw her and everybody. Tom Campano told his attorney, Joseph S. Odery, that he first regretted putting Faye's body into a brand new garbage can. So as if a fisherman's cooler wasn't bad enough... He originally put her in a garbage can. can. Well, and where did he get a brand new garbage can? (laughs) He just is it like the dumpster? Because like that's the only garbage can I could imagine a body fitting in. Or like, is it like one of the ones that like 
you have like your house that oh, you like put on the side of the street. Oh yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Right? Yeah, but like, but like, how did, where you, did you get, get your, your hands on a one? brand new one? You're just like calling the people and you're like, I need another one. Yeah, maybe from his rental property. Yeah, I don't know. If I mean, was, like, I know it's not property. like hard to get another one. Like my mom has like yeah, like we needed another one. And she, like, wanted one for, like... But then where is that garbage can at? Like, like, did he just... Wouldn't there have been DNA in it? Or did he, like, not put it... Like, what did he do? Like, I just want to know, like... he didn't actually put her in it. He just considered it. Yeah. But the fact that he was, like, like, that was my one regret. Yeah, he was, like, that was my one regret. That was your one regret? That I was gonna put it in a, like, a brand new garbage can, but, like, the cooler just sounded better. So, like we were saying, instead of... Of using this new garbage can that he somehow found or bought or whatever. He put her into the 40-gallon cooler, um, which he had purchased two months before she died, that his other brother, Joseph Capano, who died of a heart attack in 2015, said that Thomas should buy this cooler for Gary... As a gift. So we're back to Gary. Okay, so Capano appealed his sentence several times, but all his appeals were rejected. Thank freaking goodness. He was sentenced to be executed by lethal injection on September 30th, 2011, nearly 15 years after Anne-Marie Fahey's disappearance. It was later overturned. However, Capano, aged 61, was found dead in his jail cell at 12.34 p.m. on September 19th, 2011. Which, this is nearly 15 years after the original conviction. So, which was already three years after. So this is nearly 15 years after his conviction, which was already three years after she went missing. So... He didn't die until 18 years after she he disappeared yeah. and was found, like, after he killed her and she disappeared. Um, and he was found by an officer performing a routine security check at the James T. Vaughn Correctional Center State Prison in Smyrna. 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 I think that's how you say Smyrna. it. Smyrna. 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 I don't know. Delaware. Lee, who was the judge on the case, said his father died of a heart attack. He knew he had a heart condition. Once his appeals ran out, I think it was suicide by food. So you'll see in the pictures that we post on uh, Instagram that Capano, when he was arrested, he was a very slender man. Like he was not, he wasn't built, he wasn't overweight by any way, shape, or form. He was... Probably was, what you would consider he was scrawny, just, kind yeah, of. he was just like a scrawny guy. Yeah. And so the fact that the, the judge had to say this after he died, I mean, he would have had to have eaten a lot of dang food to die for that reason. And what's crazy, too, is we always hear that phrase. I know we've talked about this cat, but yes. like two hots in a cot – where, like, you quite literally are sleeping on a cot in prison. And then you get, like, two or, three, get, like, hot meals. Two or three hot meals a day. So, like, how did he access enough food to literally become so obese? It killed him. Considering his size when he 
went to prison. If he was overweight I mean, I'm when sure he went into there was prison, like a few other but... like factors maybe. Yeah. Cuz like maybe he just like wasn't going outside or he was just like isolating himself mm-hmm. and then eating. But like I also don't know if there is a way to get access to more food. Yeah, I don't know how that works in prison. Um so I'm sure that like you could probably buy food if, like, your family members or things like that are putting money into, like, a certain account or something like that. But it's just crazy to think that he was this, like, scrawny guy when he was arrested and then he ate himself to death. The medical examiner determined that Capano died of sudden cardiac arrest. He also had atherosclerotic and hypertensive cardio- cardiovascular disease. And that the obesity was a contributing factor in his death. The case generated a lot of media attention and controversy, as we stated before, particularly around the relationship between Capano and Fahey, which had been kept secret until the trial. So, essentially, like, with that being said, I don't think it was kept secret from, like, everyone. I'm sure people knew about their affair. I think it was was more so, like, in the work environment. Yeah, and, like, I'm think it was kept secret as in like it wasn't disclosed to like before his wife he was hopefully, I, don't know. I think just like the yeah. media and like the cops they withhold information yeah like that's how they eventually get to their like suspects so I think it was just like kept secret from the majority of the public when the case was making headlines so, the murder of Anne-Marie Fahey and the subsequent trial and execution of Thomas Capano is a tragic story that has captivated many people over the years. It's a cautionary tale of how power, influence, and obsession can lead to terrible consequences. That is the end of this week's episode. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of our True Crime Podcast. Make sure you're following us on Instagram. At Getaway Car Podcast. That's where we will post all of our pictures and updates on the cases we cover. We'll be back next week with another chilling true crime story just for you. Mm-hmm.